What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the Hyperfast Wealth Show, I've got not one, but two amazing guests. They are the founders of the Infinite Wealth Podcast and the Infinite Wealth Consulting Business. And we talked at length on an investment technique that anyone and everyone can and should use, especially real estate agents. Welcome to the show, Anthony and Cameron. Welcome to the show. We got two people on, Anthony and Cameron. How are you guys doing today? We are doing great. We're doing fantastic. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to be on. Well, I know you host the Infinite Wealth podcast. So mm-hmm. thank you for for being on the other side of the uh, question <laughs> and answers today. We appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're at your service. Whatever, uh, whatever questions you got, Dan. All right. Well, before we we jump in, I know we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about. Um, particularly with how you can save money for, for your future, uh, without all of the, the hassle and the rules and the regulations that come with some of the traditional retirement plans. So you've guys got a unique solution, one that I've actually done that we'll dive into before we do that though, why don't you give our listeners a little bit about your backgrounds and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. A little bit about my background is, uh, Man, I grew up in North Idaho, moved to the big city of Las Vegas about 16, 17 years ago and uh, moved down here and I started a small business. And it was actually in that that I really got into the financial industry is running the small business. It was just a, a small uh, company, right? And uh, I didn't have an HR department or somebody that was running that for me, telling me or, or advising me on what to do with my money. And so I realized pretty quickly that uh, I had to figure it out myself. And so really my journey began uh, from really just out of necessity. I started looking at places where I could put my money. And uh, as a small business owner is that uh, it never really made sense to me to really put my money into an account where I wouldn't be able to have access to it until I was 60 years old. And so really my story was I just sat on cash for several years and uh, didn't do anything with it. And then I came across a, a, a couple of strategies that actually allowed me to save uh, for retirement, but also I was able to utilize access for it now if and when I needed it. And uh, really how I got into this business was I just started sharing that strategy with other business owners and saying, hey, you know, I can guess that your number one concern is either the cash flow. And uh, here's a couple of strategies that I've implemented to uh, uh, help offset that offset that concern. And then uh, kind of built the business from there, met this guy about 10 years ago, and then we partnered up uh, two years ago. Great. Now, I'm, uh, I'm born and raised in Las Vegas, uh, joined the Army right out of high school. Got a degree in accounting, worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers, CFO of a chain of restaurants, and started my own CPA firm, actually specializing with working with realtors. 
And then 2008 happened. For one, a lot of my realtors got, a lot of my clients got burned bad. A lot of the realtors, but also all the clients, they were, they did everything that they were supposed to do, right? Let's max out our 401k. Let's pay off our house. Let's stay out of debt. And to no fault of their own, they were in, they were in a financial mess. But I noticed that th that put me on a journey that I needed to do something different, mm -hmm. right? I started looking, there's a correction or a recession literally every 10 years, right? 2008, 2000, there's the nineties. Every year there's one of those, the, 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 those dips. And I felt unless I do something different, why would I expect a different result? So that, oh, that allowed me to take my blinders off and went looking for alternatives to typical financial planning. And that's when I started reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? And now it wasn't about maxing out your 401k and scrimping and saving until you're 59 and a half. It was, let's start creating some cash flow now. Let's start and let's get that financial freedom where our passive income is more than our monthly expenses. So we can have that time freedom. I mean, I, I have a, my kids are a little bit older, but then I, I wanted to spend time with my family. I want to do things that I wanted to do. So I started incorporating Rich Dad, Poor Dad along. And I also read the book, Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. So I started incorporating those into my personal investing and then my tax clients were and i noticed that the people most people got punched in the gut in 08 and 09 but th there was a select few who actually excelled during that time those were the ones buying your neighbor's house for 50 cents in the dollar they were they were out there they had a different mindset so i started asking them what books are you reading what are you doing differently so i started hanging around different uh, different individuals and then my tax clients would come to me and say, look, I want to do something different. I, I don't trust Wall Street or I don't want to tie my money up. What can I do? And I'm like, well, this is what I'm doing. And I just shared that. But I eventually was able to turn that into a business. But then I had a CPA firm and kind of financial services firm. And, I, you know, I didn't it's hard to be an expert in two fields. And so I made the decision I wanted to be an expert in the arena of infinite banking. And in order to do that, I sold my firm, I think seven years ago. So what, what then, is infinite banking? Because a lot of people probably don't know what that term means. Infinite banking, it's, it's an essence, it, it is a concept. It's not an investment, if anything, it's like a, uh, it's, it's, it's a, cash a cash management tool, right? And one, one of the products that 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 is used is a high cash value life insurance and it's the, the, i would like to say this ain't your mama's whole life where there's no cash value but there's a lot of death benefit it's the exact opposite there's cash value immediately and we actually try to keep that death benefit down and we're not doing it for the death benefit but as you know dan with with cash value life insurance, each state has some level of asset protection. So it's protected from creditors. It's tax-free. It's, 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 it's growing at a decent rate of return, 
But the important thing is it's liquid. So what we mm. want to do is we want to keep our money safe. Like your policy is not the investment, but particularly with, we tell people to invest in what you know. And if you know real estate, invest in real estate, or maybe you invest in your team, right? You get coaching, right? You are your biggest asset, but that, that's, that's going to take some capital. It's got to come from somewhere. And what is unique about infinite banking is like, let's say if somebody wanted to get some coaching, right? They have the money in probably a checking account. They withdraw the money and get the coaching. So they have the coaching, but they're not earning any more money on that interest. They broke the compound interest curve. But with infinite banking, we don't withdraw the money. We, bought, we use it as collateral. We actually use the insurance company's money. And you can use that to do the coaching. And in summary, what that allows us to do, since we never withdrew the money out of your account, it's continuing to grow. So we never broke, we never broke the, we never broke the compound interest curve. And so this is just to reiterate, it's, it's protected from creditors. What, what, um, what, what about if people, you know, legally, like if they, if they win a lawsuit against you, same yeah. protection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're in the, we're in the state of Nevada In the state of Nevada, we have a hundred percent credit protection. And there's probably, I think there's 16 other states that have 100% credit protection, but every state has credit protection to a certain extent on cash value life insurance. And um, if, if you borrow against it, do you, uh, number one, do you have to pay for that? And then number two, how much, uh, you know, you mentioned the, the continuous compound interest. Uh, what rate are, are these kind of things typically compounding at? Yeah. Let me jump in there. Is uh, I'm gonna just start off by saying, kind of, uh, maybe I can summarize Anthony's introduction. Is is sure. infinite banking is kind of broken up into two parts. What I would say is the process is the product, right? Is you got to have your money somewhere, right? And so that's why we use cash value life insurance. Anthony and I didn't create this idea. Banks do this to uh, just a very large, large extent. They buy billions of it every year, right? And so cash value life insurance, great place to store money for the things that Anthony just mentioned. And Dan, what you're asking about right here is you're asking about the process of it, of, hey, what happens when you want to put this money to work? And what we tell people is you're going to get 20% of your results from the product that you're using, and you're going to get 80% of your results from the process of actually borrowing those dollars. And so the expectation that we like to lay out if somebody has money sitting inside of an insurance policy on the product piece to it is it's going to increase at around a 4% rate every single year. And we can get into that if you'd like, but it's around 4%. It's tax-free. It just sits there and it just compounds. And what Anthony was mentioning was the opportunity that we have to borrow against the cash value. So we never want to take it out. And the process is when you borrow money out, there's a lot of people that are out there talking about infinite banking. It's gotten more and more popular over the years. But when you borrow that money against your cash value from the insurance company is they do charge you an interest rate. And so when you get that money that you receive, you're going to go to run, you're going to go put it to work. And what Anthony and I, what I would say that we're a little bit different from most infinite banking practitioners out there is because we strongly recommend that somebody, when they take a loan against their cash values, they're going to go out there and they're going to buy an appreciating asset and or a cash flowing asset. And when you look at the numbers and the math, 
man, this thing works really, really well when you pair those two types of assets together, as opposed to financing cars or things like that. So if, if you took the money out to invest in a real estate deal or uh, a startup or whatever it is, um, let's say it's earning 10, 15% maybe in, in that kind of investment, you're, you're paying what, how, how much are you paying to the life insurance company about when you borrow the money typically? Well, now if you, th there's, there's two ways to do it. Now, there is a contract in your policy that allows you to borrow against your policy. If you borrow from what they, what they do, like Cameron said, is that you borrow from the insurance company and they're using your policy as collateral. If you do that, it's, it's, it's going to be 5%. Now, if you use it for an investment purpose, like you just mentioned, that also becomes tax deductible. So okay. maybe that five, depending on your bracket, is, is costing you three. But right. again, like all we do is infinite banking. We don't do IRAs, 401ks. We don't do annuities. We're, we're just, our goal was, we didn't want to be a, uh, a jack of all trades, master of none. We wanted to be in our sandbox. We wanted to be one of the best in the country. And this is all we do. And so that allows us to dive deeper in some of these strategies. So we work with a couple of banks that will do the same thing the insurance company does, where the bank uses your policy as collateral and you borrow from the bank. Now, doing, doing that has a lot of intangible advantages. For one, you have a checkbook, right? Which is great for my real estate investors. A lot of times they need cash. You know, the sooner they can get it, the better they can write themselves a check and get it really good for flippers because they could use that to pay for the contractors, but working for a bank also, they, they, they typically have a lower interest rate. So right now, depending on the amount of cash value you have, that interest rate is between three and 4%. Why, why would the banks give you a, a better deal than the, the life insurance companies? You, you would think the life insurance companies might, you, you, out, right? You're right. You're right. And the reason being, just like Cameron said, they're crediting you about 4%. So there's typically always going to be a spread. They try to keep it to be um, 0.75 is, 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 a, is a difference. But, and that's why we've been doing this for 13 years. It's always been five. And I don't think it's going to go lower. And the reason being is because they have that obligation to pay you four. But banks, on the other hand, don't have that obligation. And what, from the bank's point of view, this, this loan is 100% collateralized. It's not right. like a house where you'd have to foreclose where there's expenses or maybe the value is going to go down. They're going, those, the bank is going to get paid. So it's a very low risk for them. So and there's, that's there's why, not going to be government action like the foreclosure moratorium that ruins it for the bank, right? Like if, if you don't pay, they they've they've got the ability to get repaid. Exactly. Yeah. They 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 they've placed a lien on it, so the bank is going to get paid. Banks like these because it's a it's it's a very it's a very low risk on on, on, on for them. Fascinating. So. 
in any case, whether you borrow from the bank, the insurance company, the, the idea is you're, you're paying for maybe 5%, but, but that money is out earning double digit returns hopefully for you. And then, and then it's still growing in your insurance account, right? So you're making, mm -hmm. making money in a couple different ways here. Right. And I know a lot of people might be thinking, well, man, I just, just pay cash. Right. But again, we're breaking the compound interest curve. And one thing we like to say that we do here is that, is that we do the math. So we've have, we've run calculators and we can even, include the link in the show notes where we do the math. What if you buy an, an asset buy a rental property in cash? And then what if you do the same, but instead of the cash being held at a bank, we run that through a policy. So it's the same money. We're just storing it somewhere different. And what we can show is by running it through the policy, by never breaking the compound interest curve, you're going to have more money at the end of the day. And with the ability to deduct the interest that we're paying to the bank or the insurance company, we're actually creating tax deductions because they're crediting you that 4% tax free. But if you're paying out a loan at say three and a half, that's tax deductible. Maybe that's really costing you too. Right. And then the whole time, your money is protected from creditors and lawsuits. And it is, since it is life insurance, there is a death benefit. So at some point there will be a windfall. And that's partly why we call this infinite wealth because we, our clients, we're teaching them to build wealth and they're going to leave a legacy to their children. So we want to teach the children how to handle the money. So ideally, your earnings and your legacy can, ha can have an infinite lifespan. How, how does that part of it work? So how would a group like you or, or how would someone listening who has kids teach, teach them? Like, like what, what's, what are the important things that the, that the kids need to know? I tell you, we're very passionate on working with kids, right? And the best way to teach them is to do it with them. Mm. Like if you're a real estate investor, like what, like what I'm doing, uh, I have a policy and that's how my daughter has a policy. That's how we pay. That's how we finance her, her school is through her policy. And now I'm teaching her to pay it back. I'm teaching her to pay the premiums. And now we're, she's looking at either she's going to buy a rental property or she's going to start uh, a business doing short-term rentals. But either way, that's going to take cash. So like for the rental property, what she's doing is we're going to take a loan against her policy and buy the rental property. We're going to take that cash flow to, to repay the loan. So once that's loans paid off, she has one cash flowing rental property and we never, her money continued to grow. So you know what we do then? I say we hit the repeat button, but Cameron says rinse and repeat because he's got such good hair. But what we do <laughs> is we want to just turn that money over and over, but we, we need to teach the kids. We, we need to hold their hand a little bit, do a deal or two with them a little bit. So, 
Dan, I'm going to jump in here, right? Is uh, I think that right there, what you just asked is probably one of the biggest things that's missing from the financial industry is just conversations about money. Mm. Right? Is people just don't have it with generations, mom and dad, or even grandparents to, you know, the baby boomers. It's just never talked about. And that's one of the things that uh, we emphasize, right? Is really what we got to do is we got to come in and we got to start having these conversations amongst family and when you position money amongst the family as family wealth, right? And you teach these kids, A, number one is how it was accumulated, right? And then B, how to be a good steward of it. It really changes their mindset and it changes from, hey, my mom and dad have money. I can have it anytime I want. They'll give it to me to two to being, hey, we have family wealth. And if we are good stewards of this, it's only going to grow and it's going to get bigger like Anthony said, those are just examples of ways that you can communicate that to kids. But man, the, really where it starts is just position it as family wealth and, and starting a conversation with them. I love, yeah, I love that. I love that idea and that concept. So it's, it's great. You guys are advocating for that and, and helping to teach. I think another, another reason that cash value life insurance makes sense for a lot of people uh, is if, if you structure it, right, it can be used for minimizing estate uh, taxes as well, correct? You know, I like to say life insurance is like the Swiss Army tool of finance. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to use it. And uh, oftentimes it is used in the estate tax planning. And whether that is to take some of the money out of the estate to lower that tax, or sometimes it's used, the death benefit can be used to pay the estate tax. Another way to use it, right, is uh, the estate tax is uh, typically used at the end of somebody's life. But man, you know, my experience so far has just been using it in, in kind of my day-to-day -day business operations from when I had my first company to even this business is that like most small business owners is my income has been volatile over the years right? I'd have really good years and I had some lean years. And so what that life insurance policy has allowed me to do is in good years, put as much money into that thing as I possibly can. And in a lean year, man, I, I, I pulled from it, right? I had access to those dollars. And so I was able to come back and use that to float myself and or the really sexy side of it is borrowing that money back out to go find investments and create cash flow. And so for on a very more practical level, it's really uh, what I see it being an advantage for realtors, real estate agents is that, man, you put money away, you still got access to it. It's sitting there. It's continuing to grow for you. But man, if something goes sideways one year, you can always come back and use it. And I think a lot of professions may be like this, but if, you've if you're a real estate agent, you should be buying real estate deals, right? You've got Mm. You've, you've got access to deals. A lot of times there's a seasonality pattern, right? Where the, the prices are high in the spring and summer, and then they go down and kind of this time of year or, or, you know, December. And some of the best times to buy are probably some of the months where, you know, realtors have less commissions coming in. So this, this is, like you said, you know, vol volatility and in income, unpredictability, this, this might be a way to mitigate that for some people and, and still go buy that great cash flowing deal on the month where you didn't sell a home. 
Absolutely. We, we're right. We're financial advisors. We tell people where they should be making investments or at least make suggestions on where they should. And if you look at what we like to tell people is if you look at somebody that's created a large amount of wealth over a short period of time, right? Maybe one generation, it's typically always involved real estate and or business. And that is a real estate agent, right? They're sitting there at probably one of the, mo- the, the best places that you could possibly be in that regard, number one is you are running a business. You got all the tax advantages and everything that come along with it. But then number two, you're front and center. You are knee deep in this industry where you're going to have the best opportunities to identify houses that are a good value, right? That are a good opportunity for you. And so having access to capital is paramount to probably any of the other uh, pieces that we've talked about is Having access when when it's needed is uh, one of those intangible things that you really can't assign a rate of return to. Yeah, I, I like to call it legalized front running, you know, because as a, as, a, <laughs> as a as a stockbroker, you you can't really, you know, if your client wants to buy a stock, like you you can't buy it for yourself. I think that day at, at a better price, right? You, right. Yeah. Um, you could you go to jail, but. Yeah. In real, in real estate, if you, if you find a good lead and that person wants to sell, like, you know, and and they don't want to take it to the market, which happens a lot of times for various reasons, Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to, right. You can, you can take advantage of, of a good deal. And that will require having cash at the right time. And many times that may not be in your highest selling month of the year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what other like types of investments or, or creative things do you see people doing with with cash value that that we should mention or, or haven't talked about yet? I tell you, one thing we have some clients doing. I'm even doing myself is we are flipping raw land, mm. like literally in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and we're following a system where we're finding counties and we're sending out mailers blind offers those are coming back and ideally we're buying them for 25 cents in the dollar and because with as you it's a great example in the housing market or single family that market's very efficient there's realtors that will help you sell there's bankers that will help finance it in raw land uh, at these uh sizes there are no realtors. I mean, a realtor is not going to spend the time selling something for $10,000. Right? right. And a bank's not going to get involved. So how, how do you, how do you do it at scale though? Cause $10,000 a, a clip is, you know, it's not, it's not big well, numbers in, we're talking. So how do you scale different, it? <laughs> different ways to do it. We're, we're doing more of a volume business. And what we're doing is let's just say, for example, we send out a hundred offers a week. The goal is to buy is we can close one of them. So let's say we spend $2,500 is what, what, what we bought that for. Then we turn around and list it for sale for $10,000. Hey, that's a great thought, but let me get to this question that I just got from one of my followers, uh, right to my phone. Uh, by the way, did you know you can text me at 703 703- 2151684 this is a new thing i've rolled out i'm letting my listeners and uh, people that subscribe and follow me on social media 
connect with me directly to my phone on text message. It's me answering them and, and responding. You can ask me anything about real estate, investing, business, whatever. Just text 703-215-1684 and I will respond to you. But remember, a lot of people, banks aren't involved and maybe people don't have $10,000. Right. We become the bank. Owner will finance, no credit. You know, um, and so, and ideally that's what we're looking for is we want those term deals because I want that passive income. So we might sell it for say uh, $400 down, $200 a month, and they end up paying maybe $11,000. But so now I got $200 a month passive income. And then next week I do it again. So now I have 400. And then I continue to do that and slowly build up my, uh, my passive income. And you also have some that will pay you cash, which is great. You got, you just quadrupled uh, your money, allows you to buy more land. And with this system, uh, you can leverage virtual assistance and technology to help streamline that. Um, States are you doing this in, if, if you're allowed to say? You, oh, what, what, what counties, Anthony? Give them the zip codes. <laughs> well, we're in Arizona, Mojave County, and we're also in Marion County, Florida. But okay. there's li- you can literally do this anywhere. And I will say I've never seen a single one of the properties that we uh that we own and the goal is i'm just we're we are just flipping them so land is is a great you know we have a lot of we have a lot of people that are flipping real estate we have uh people that are buying notes uh doing uh tax liens um syndications yeah, got, syndication, uh, sh- short-term rentals, Airbnbs. Uh, I'm going to give a shameless plug here, Dan. Is uh, our our podcast, Infinite Wealth, right? Is uh, Anthony half of it is Anthony and I kind of talking about the opportunities, how to properly structure these policies, why it's good for you, right? But the other half is, like I said, is it's more important what you do with that money. And so on our right. podcast, is we spend half the time talking about these opportunities. And if we're not experts in it, what we'll do is we'll bring somebody else on that is. And then we just kind of interview them, right? And we talk about some of the pros and cons of each one of these opportunities. And so if somebody's looking to create passive income, I'd, I'd absolutely direct them to Infinite Wealth Podcast and uh, have a listen for a month or so. Yeah, and I, I got to say that's, that's pretty unique, I think, in your industry to, to delve into that second part, right? Teaching people what to do with the money they've banked in the cash value policies. There's a lot of people out there that, understand all the different policies and can sell you something great and get it set up and you know with the trust or however you you structure it but uh you guys may be the first people i've come across that actually delve into like here's some creative ways to to go out and get some good returns well thanks i mean because i would tell you when we first heard about this and i know there's a lot of other ibc people out there a lot of them are talking about financing your buying cars or paying off debt, which you can do that works, but 
you know, again, we're trying to combine Robert Kiyosaki with infinite banking. Robert Kiyosaki said, I mean, you do two things with your money. You buy an asset or a liability. Liability takes money from you. Asset brings money to you. So we're on the quest, us personally, and with our client, uh, people we work with is to hit that financial freedom. We want to buy assets. So where our niche is, our niche isn't to get you out of debt. And in part, I've done that before. And then the problem is we're not fixing the problem. The problem is why you got in debt in the first place, not getting out of it. And if we don't fix that mental problem, we're just going to get in debt again. Um, and I, was, I think creating passive income is a lot more fun than paying off debt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, this has been great. I always end with a hyper fast round. If you guys are ready for some rapid fire questions and answers. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? Real estate agent is, I'm just going to make it a little broader uh, if I can, is uh, this is probably one of my favorite pieces of advice uh, really to just to finance in general is this is one of my biggest hangups with our industry is that people use the words saving, investing, and speculating interchangeably. Mm. And they are not the same. They are very distinctly different words and they have very different meanings. And so typically what somebody happens is when they approach an, an advisor, somebody will take them directly to pure speculation. And if somebody is a new agent, right, or starting a new business venture is the first and foremost is you have to focus on savings, which is just the act of putting money away. And so that's what I would tell them is that's what savings is. Investing is where you actually go out and you find that formula where A plus B equals C. If I buy this property at A, I put this much money into it, I can sell it for C. And there's a very high likelihood that C is going to happen. That's what investing is, is a very high likelihood that you'll have the outcome that you want. But it's only through that process of due diligence and understanding kind of what some of the factors are that go into that. Are you able to do that? And then speculation is something that we obviously do not recommend. That's where you just put your money into an account and just kind of hope it's there for you later. And so if somebody's just getting started out, be really, really clear on the words that somebody's using with you when they're suggesting where to put money and how to operate moving forward. I would say my, my number one piece of advice would be to get a, is to get educated and get a mentor. Whether you have to, whether you get on a team or you get coaching or you buy a course, get educated and think long-term. Being a realtor, I mean, and my, my wife's a realtor. And I, I, I remember, I, this is when I was, had a little tax firm on the side and uh, she's killing it. Like she was the amount of time that she spent and the amount of money she made out to be honest, pissed me off. <laughs> right. Cause I'm here staying up late, plugging out tax returns for maybe three, $400, you know, and she has a deal and, and, and makes uh, 10 grand, you know, but there's going to be those times where there's that easy money 
but then it's going to flip and there's going to, is going to be hard. So you think long-term get educated, work with somebody, even if you're splitting the commission, got to think long-term because you're going to get paid in more ways than the, than the commission. You need that experience because there's going to be those little things that pop up that they can't teach in a book. Right. And how does that person convey that message to the buyer or the seller? Or how do they do it with the title? Be open and learn. Find a uh, mentor. I agree. Well, uh, next question What's the biggest misconception about what you teach people? Uh, I'll say it. Biggest misconception is that it's a scam. Mm. Right. If you go in there and you listen to this podcast and you type in IBC is a scam in your Google search bar, right? There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that comes up. And what I focus on, what we like to tell people is you got to be able to differentiate between fact versus opinion. Right. And when you get on there, what you're going to hear is you're going to hear a whole bunch of people's opinion on whatever it is. Right. And nine times out of 10 is they've never experienced, they've never done enough research to give a proper opinion in the first place. And so if somebody is interested in this, right, the best thing that you can do is go talk to somebody that's been practicing it for a very long time, that's familiar with it, right, and ask for some honest feedback and find the facts. And one of the best resources that's out there, number one, Anthony already mentioned it, is Nelson Nash's Become Your Own Banker. The mm -hmm. book, we'll send you a link in the show notes if anybody wants to read that. And then also number two is we have a course right? Our online course is not a salesy course. It's really just a way for us to strip everything away and just lay out the facts to somebody and say, Hey, if you're interested in this, this is what you need to know, take it or leave it. Right. But here's exactly how this thing is going to work. To me, I think the biggest myth, myth or misconception is that some people will look, they're probably listening on this. Oh, 4% big deal right? Even if we rationalize, well, it's tax-free, so maybe it's equivalent to six or whatever, but they're focused on the rate of return. But really, the way we help people uh, use their policy is that it's not an either-or. We're mm. not saying put your money in life insurance or real estate or your business. This is an and asset that you can do both. Put the money in life insurance, keep it tax, keep it protected from creditors, the IRS, and then leverage it to buy, to invest in yourself or to invest in real estate. And I, I like to say that this is kind of like using the rewards credit card for, for your investing. We're adding one extra step. And instead of using a credit card, you're going to use your policy. And instead of getting miles, we're going to get more money. Mm -hmm. Good analogy. Thank you. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge you've had in business and how did you overcome it? Biggest, I'd say biggest challenge for us is reaching people, mm. right? I mean, uh, I've been doing, Anthony and I've been doing this advising for 12, 13 years and uh, we, we're in Las Vegas, Nevada, and you've got a certain footprint, right? That you can just kind of uh, have just locally running around and introducing this idea to people and one of the things that we've done is increased our footprint to, to national uh, nationwide footprint because of our podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that we've been able to get that message out there and introduce people to it. And again, right. And say, Hey guys, here's the facts on this thing. Here's how it works. And so uh, just marketing uh, podcast has been great for us. And then also our YouTube channel has been tremendous. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, you're going to do a good job plugging. I appreciate it. Uh, for me, and I think this is something that your listeners can hopefully relate to. Uh, well, hopefully not, but hopefully, hopefully they can learn from is when I first got in this business, I, I, I had a great first quarter and I almost hit my annual goals. So you know what I did? I started relaxing. And then again, maybe it's the CPA in me. I started working on my processes, you know, what I was going to do with all this business and doing templates and all of that was great. But then a couple months go by and I, I don't have any money, <laughs> right? Like there's that I need to learn the business, but then you also need to generate sales. So you, you can't be one, one, one sided on that, but sales is, is, is what's going to pay your mortgage and, and your bills. So we, we have to make sure that we're always emphasizing on sales. I know sometimes it is, well, you know, your sales are up because you're marketing, but then you stop marketing and your sales are down. Right. And then you, you then you have to go back and re uh, fill the pipeline, try to find a balance between the two. Yeah, you definitely have to figure out how to to really always be marketing, even when you're busy with the other stuff. So I love that point. Love all of the value you guys created. I know you've got the uh, Infinite Wealth podcast, which we've mentioned. If, if people want to listen and learn not just how to set these things up, but how to go and find creative investments like the land deals that you're doing. Uh, what are other ways people can connect with you or, or learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I referenced our YouTube channel, right? So go to YouTube, type in Infinite Wealth Consultants, and you'll find us there. Um, we've got a whole bunch of really good material on there. But uh, if somebody is really looking for some meat, is we do have our online course. Infinite. If you go to infinitewealthcourse.com, uh, you're going to find that course there. And as a thank you, Dan, is we were going to extend uh, free access to anybody that kind of listened to this podcast. And so if your listeners go to infinitewealthcourse.com backslash hyperfast agent, that'll take them to a landing page that'll get them free access into our course. And like I said, it's not salesy. It's really just the education and the facts that are laid out for you. And so great opportunity for somebody to kind of get educated there. And what I would say probably the best way is let's get on a 15 minute phone call, right? You're probably listening to this like, does this work or can this work for me? Let's get on a phone call and uh, talk about it. And so if you don't mind, we can send you the link for that where somebody can get on there. And again, we're all about education. You know, if this is for you, we're helping. If it's not for you, we don't, we don't want you to do it. All right. Well, thank you for that. If, if you're listening, make sure you, and you, and you want to learn more, uh, take advantage of not just the podcast, but the, the free course. It was infinitewealth.com slash hyperfastagent. Is that correct? Infinitewealthcourse.com backslash hyperfastagent. All right. Infinitewealthcourse.com uh, backslash hyperfastagent. Check it out. Um, and, and if you guys uh, are listening and, and want even more, set up a phone call. Uh, this is a great product that, you know, I think should definitely be one of the pillars, you know, one of one of several, but definitely one of uh, the ones you use in your wealth building. Um, 
So thank you very much for being on the show. Appreciate it. And for all of our listeners, viewers out there, thank you so much. And uh, please be sure and share this episode with other people that you think uh, would get great value out of it. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.